Okay, everybody, welcome in another edition of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. We have some positivity today, but whew, what a game last night we had in Kansas City. Chiefs win 20-17 to over the New York football giants. Um, I think this game... <laughs> You know, we this this episode might have a little hypocrisy to it because we talked uh, earlier in the year about a win is a win in the NFL. But I think the best way to describe this game last night uh, for our Kansas City Chiefs, your Kansas City Chiefs, the listeners, uh, in one simple phrase, and it's just, huh? I think that is the the number one way to uh, describe the game last night. I mean, there are question marks all over the field. And to try and comprehend or answer those question marks, uh, we, uh, we know we got Johnny Rowe on the podcast tonight. Johnny, just a quick little uh, opening statement from you before we get in. Hey, what's up, Chandler? Um, yeah, this is probably – I was really thinking about this, and so – I'm not just pulling this out of my ass here, but I really think this victory last night is the most empty victory that I've felt as a Chiefs fan, at least in some time. You know, there were years with Alex Smith and other Castle and bad quarterbacks where, you know, any win I felt really good about. Um, Since Mahomes has come around, like this is just like an empty win. That is a terrible Giants team. Joe Judge is going to be fired before the year's over. And, um, Man, it's it. That was really tough to watch, and yeah, there are some positives. But my overarching, overarching, you know, thought here is going to be uh, kind of a pessimistic one. Yeah, um, and it, it's a weird game because when you look at it, you're like the defense played well, but they really didn't play well again last night. I mean, there are penalties. All over the field on defense, and we'll get to the offense in a second. But dear God, hey Chris Jones, have you ever played defensive line before? How about you stop jumping off sides? My God, it happens every game. I do not understand, and it's just the annoying little things like that that, quite frankly, great teams don't do. And it's evident that when it's little things like penalties and turnovers that are adding up against this Chiefs team. They're not a great team because great teams don't make these dumbass mistakes and um, they're continuing week in and week out. And quite honestly, I think some of this, Johnny, I think some of this needs to be looked at as coaching. I mean, turnovers and penalties, that turnovers most of the time is on the players, but if it's contagious, it's either A, not getting fixed, B, reprimanded hard enough, or C, they're just letting them do whatever they want. So it's it's it, it, it's things that the Chiefs can control, and it has been all year, and it's just the most frustrating thing about this team, Johnny. Chiefs had 12 penalties last night, just a recurring theme, game in and game out, since Andy Reid took over in 2013. I mean, pr- penalties have been a problem for the Chiefs, and they just don't get fixed. The turnovers again. A first drive, which was like 13, 14 plays, resulted in end zone interception. Totally ridiculous. Josh Gordon was wide open. Mahomes just threw it horribly. I mean, just horribly. Yeah. And, um, you know, for a long time with Mahomes, the ball bounced the right way in, in regard to, you know, interceptions being dropped. 
the balls are just bouncing right to the defenders and they're dropping them. So um, the interceptions are an issue. The turnovers have been an issue now for eight weeks. And the team has continuously said, we're going to get that fixed. You haven't. And for the first time in my uh, Chiefs uh, career, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs fandom career with Andy Reid, I am beginning to ask some questions. Um, I love Andy Reid. I think he's an, an awesome coach. He's a future Hall of Famer. But, um, man, I feel like there's – I don't know if it's discipline or what it is, but the penalties are – ridiculous and does that you know is that directly related to Andy Reid is it his coordinators I don't know but at the end of the day you're the head coach and that that responsibility falls on you every time a pass is incomplete against our defense I am just looking for that yellow marker on the on the bottom of the screen and I'm like blown away when it doesn't happen and like you know they had one on uh this third down and they threw a, a pass over the head of Darius Slayton, who was being covered, I'm saying that with air quotes, covered by Charvarius Ward, and just, like, gets beaten off the line right away, and it's just pulling the guy's shirt. So, like, it's a flag. They're going to call that. Legereus Sneed, a guy who we talked about in frustration last week, he's having more penalties as well. It's um, Chris Jones had a, like, you know, he had penalties, like you said. One of them was offsides. I can't believe that. And, uh... Dude, it's just the penalties are so frustrating. Like I said, 12 of them. And the Chiefs are just continuously doing things to shoot themselves in the foot. And you like to think, like, they're going to get those fixed. They're, they're going to regress to the mean. Shoot, man, this might just be what this team is. You hate to think that, but the same problems that the, the Chiefs have been having all season against really good teams, Baltimore, Los Angeles Chargers, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, the same problems that they've been having against all of these teams, they're having against the crappy teams. Washington, the Giants, they had them against the Browns. Eagles. The Eagles. Like, they're having the same problems. You know, before the year, I was like, yes, the Chiefs are going to get to play the NFC East. Now, they're 3-0 against the NFC East, but they played like dog shit in every single game. So it's like... This might just be what the Chiefs are. And it's going to be really funny after the year going back to listen to each and every, if we listened or do a highlight of all of our shows, how, you know, up and down we've been with our emotions. But it's just the truth. How can you not be up and down with your emotions with this team, man? It's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And uh, just to really sum up the penalties, um, most of the time, I feel like if you're a fan of a team, you can argue about some of the calls that happen against you you know, like a controversial one here or there. All the Chiefs, when they get flagged, I agree with the flags. I mean, if I was watching them from the other side, I'd be like, that's a penalty. Like, they don't even make things close. Like like you said, Legereus Sneed, I think he's a good talent, but dude, that guy, he is, he's got to be one of the most penalized guys on the team. I mean, I know that Charvarius is out for a couple of weeks, so he got a lot of the assignments. But dude, I mean, you're not a rookie anymore. I mean, what is it? this? Is the second year, correct? Third, I think. Third or yeah. fourth. I mean, this yeah. guy's been around a while. So you, I mean, you got to start getting, you know, be, I mean, able to uh, cover a number one wide receiver. But um, and that's that. I think that is really what the most frustrating thing is, Johnny, is that. Like, yes, the Chiefs had not been playing good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, they, well, they just haven't been playing well. 
But a lot of it comes after things that the Chiefs are doing to themselves that are holding us back from at least being in games. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I'm not saying that we go back. I mean, we definitely don't beat the Titans. I don't care what we do. We probably don't beat the Bills. But those games are a lot closer. And, like, I know there's no moral victories, but losing to those teams, losing to the teams that we've lost to is not that big of an issue. But when you look at it from a fact that we're – 90% of the time we're doing the little dumb things to ourselves, And it's just, that's why I think the questioning of coaching has to come in. I mean, like, why are we not adjusting? Like it's, it's insane. And quite honestly, we do those things against the Packers. We're going to get boat raced again at home on Sunday. Yep. It's uh, as a fan, you look for answers when your team is struggling course the first place that you like you know the easiest place to go to is to call out the coaching or question the coaching yeah i think that's i think that's fair though at this point because okay so we we talk about the defense um how can you not question spags yes the defense has done better the last few weeks but but daniel Sorensen and ben neiman are still getting on the field and they were directly responsible for both of the touchdowns by the giants last night chandler both of them. I watched some Twitter videos um, today. There was one of of uh, of Shannon Sharp. I don't watch that show, but uh, I just saw the the cut that he was saying, 30, 40 second cut. And he is breaking down the touchdown that Evan Ingram scored against the Chiefs. Okay, so he just runs an out route and Daniel Sorensen is on him pre-snap. Sorensen and Willie Gay make eye contact. Willie Gay gives him a sign just saying, hey, I've got you if he comes inside. Play, you know, outside leverage. Just don't let him go outside, right? Don't let him do it. Well, you watch the snap unfolds. He makes one move inside, and Sorensen bites on the move, and he beats him outside, and the team looks incredibly frustrated. Like, how is this guy still getting snaps? I I have the snap count here. Um and Daniel Sorensen had 27 snaps, which was 45%. I mean, dude, that is like 20 too many. He should be on the field to blitz and maybe not even for, for, for all of those. It's ridiculous. And then you look at the other one I mentioned, Ben Neiman. Ben Neiman on the fourth down touchdown pass bit on the running back on the play fake and left the tight end open or the fullback or whoever the guy was that scored the touchdown. Never heard of him before. They're like, oh, that's just, you know, Kyle Rudolph, but he hasn't scored a touchdown in, year, in a year. He let, let him wide open, and he scored a touchdown. Ben Neiman played more snaps last night than Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Can you believe that? Ben Neiman no. played more snaps last night, 44, than Nick Bolton, 43, and Willie Gay, 38. Now, I know that Anthony Hitchens is out, and frankly, he stinks, so I'm not really <laughs> missing anything there, but dude. Nick Bolton needs to be playing more. He's a guy that I've you know criticized for not being the most athletic, but he plays with heart. He's always around the football, which yeah. I love. And he's been wearing the green dot on his helmet with Hitchens out. So just keep playing him. You know what? Ben Neiman is an undrafted player. Sorensen is an undrafted player. What is the allegiance to these guys? Why do we keep playing them? Why? why? Well, I've, the the stu- like the rational answer is I believe I've heard that Spagnolo doesn't believe in in playing 
young guys, rookie players out of right out of college. But at this point, it's like that's an incompetent and an outdated motive of football. That's like making a freshman who's your best player redshirt just because it's, you know, it's like if the personnel's better, this is the NFL. It shouldn't matter how old they are. If you're gonna if you're gonna draft a guy, waste a draft pick on this guy to play less reps than Ben Neiman. I cannot understand that in any facet of any league. I do not get it, Johnny. I do not have the answer for you. But that's I it, it seems like our defense it it's just so confusing to me. I mean, our personnel. I saw on Twitter today, Johnny, that it was a, it was a good day for Frank Clark. What did he do yesterday besides my the, ass? The, the the besides that one sack at the end of the game where it was obviously over. I mean, it was like that was the good day. Are you kidding? You know, like uh, big fucking deal. You got a sack on fourth and fifteen against the Giants and Daniel Jones. Okay, great. You're the third. Yeah. You know, you made. You're making $25 plus million. You know, Frank Clark sent, said some bullshit last week, too, in his media availability. Chandler, after the Titans game, he had a, they were asking him questions and he, you know, because he was seen smiling on the sideline when you're down 27 to three. And they asked Frank Clark, you know, about his performance so far in the year. And in summation of his, of his words, he basically said, you know, I really haven't had the season that I've wanted. I've got some off the field issues, you know, legal issues that I've been handling, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you're getting paid way too much money to not be locked into what we have going on. And it's your fault that you had the gun in the car. Like it's no one else's fault. So stop blaming other things for why you are not performing, right? Um, in the games that you have played before, before last night, you have the same amount of tackles as Marcus Kemp and you had zero sacks. So great. You had a few pressures last night against Daniel Jones, who is absolutely pathetic at quarterback. You had a sack on fourth and 15 when the team was backed up with no timeouts in their own territory. And again, it was Daniel Jones. So fantastic. And, oh, and at that point, Kenny Galladay, uh, Dante Pettis, and uh, Sterling Shepard were all not in the game. Of course, Galladay didn't play last night at all, but the other two guys had left because of injuries. So you're playing a, the, a team that is going to fire their head coach. Stop giving this guy praise like this. I'm so sick of Frank Clark, and I'm sick of some other players too, Chandler. I'm just I, I I'm not in a good spot. Yeah, um, our uh, the the overall defensive personnel is just really bad, and it's glaring when you play teams like this, and they can really just do whatever they want. I mean, the Giants had every capability of winning that game last night. Um, and that's embarrassing, quite honestly. Um, and, and I want to allude to your what you said in your opening um, about how it was just like an empty win. Like, I'm excited that they didn't lose to the Giants, but, like, I'm pissed that they only won by three. That's just embarrassing. And, uh, I mean, their touchdown – like, the, the – I know exactly – what you're what you're saying because I'm pretty sure Lewis Riddick, they, they or maybe it was Brian Greasy. They were replaying that out route by Evan Ingram, and whichever one said it, they were like, he knows he has help over the top from his safety, so why would he even go inside? And it's just like, 
how long have you been playing football, dude? Like, I get it if it's man-to-man and you get beat, but it wasn't. He had help. So I just don't understand. Um, I mean, like, like we talk about guys that just only play special teams. Like, you, did, does Spagnuolo really believe that, like, a guy like Armani Watts, I'm not saying throw him in there, but give him some reps over Sorensen. You think he's that much worse than Sorensen? I don't. I don't either. I, and I can't trust Spagnolo's judgment there anymore. You look at, you know, the first parts of the year when Spagnolo had, he had training camp to look at, he had preseason, and he decided that Ben Neiman and Sorensen were going to be getting a lot of the snaps and Hitchens over guys like Juan Thornhill, Nick Bolton, and, and Willie Gay, who, of course, I mean, he was injured, but, you know, Bolton and, and Thornhill specifically. Well, since those two guys have gotten more playing time, the defense has done a little bit better. And so I don't really trust. Spagnolo's judgment there, dude, Chandler. So two other plays. That long, like 40, whatever, 50-yard pass that Daniel Jones threw on like third down to John Ross, where Sorensen just like couldn't judge the football oh. on a penalty. I mean, dude, that was the sorriest play yeah. I've seen in so long. I mean, Daniel Sorensen is embarrassing. He's he's playing so badly that guys like Lewis Riddick and Shannon Sharp are spending time on TV talking about how that guy should not be on the field. Like, you are playing that badly, Daniel Sorensen. Like, the Chiefs with names like Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, um, uh, 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 Matthew, and then Sorensen is the guy that they're talking about. That's how yeah. bad... This guy is. There was another play who that was totally ridiculous. Daniel Jones just flips a ball out into the flat blind oh, on a blitz. Yeah. And Legarius Sneed just like shits down his leg and falls down. It was a pick six. Daniel Jones wasn't even looking at no. who he was throwing. He just threw the ball and Legarius Sneed looked like he was about ready to get hit by a truck, literally. And he, like, fell down and stumbled. And then they got, like, 20 yards. He just, yeah. like, ran. It was just – it's just one of those – I mean, it's just, like, how – it's just incompetence, dude. It's like they're all terrified out there. Like, it, like I think that they just need to freaking take the stick out of their ass and just play. They look – and, and – Really what it comes down to, John, is that they're just not that good at football. Exactly. Like, it's, I mean, and I'm not saying that I'm better than them, but I'm not a professional football player. They are, and they're just not good enough. And what's annoying is, and I talked about this on my radio show today a bunch, um, I'm really frustrated with, and we got to get to the offense too, Chan, let's not go too long, but I, 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 I'm very frustrated with, like the overall body language on the team. We've talked about Tyron Matthew upstaging his teammates on the field a bunch. Talked about Frank Clark smiling on the sideline. Travis Kelsey was moping around like a kicked dog last night. You know, I'm just so sick of these ungrateful millionaires. The reason that you are in this position, and I get it. I was a basketball man manager at a D1 level. And that is, you know, the commitment to a professional uh, team, I can only imagine is, is that is, is more, if not the same. I get it. There's a, and the physical toll, I get all of that, guys. But listen, 
when you are paid this exorbitant amount of money, you have to represent the jersey and the fan base. It's bigger than just you and the numbers that you get. Travis Kelsey, I love you as a chief. You put up unreal numbers. You've revolutionized the tight end position. I get all of that. But because two games in a row, you haven't had the best games, and you and Mahomes haven't been on the same page, you're going to mope around like a kicked dog. Bullshit. Bullshit, Travis Kelsey. I read a story about you in the offseason that you spent every single dime of your rookie contract and were basically broke. What did the Chiefs do? They rewarded you with a $57 million contract, dude. Why did the, Chief, why did the Chiefs have $57 million? Because of decades of support from the fans. Support that's resulted in big TV deals, collective bargaining agreements. There's so much money circulating in this league, and it's because the fans support this league so much. You owe it to the fans not to mope around on the field, okay? Be better. Tyron Matthew, stop shit-talking fans on Twitter. That's how I know this, this relationship is over with Tyron Matthew, right? He didn't get the extension he wanted from the team before this season, and he's been pissed off about it. Tyron Matthew called the Chiefs fan base one of the most toxic fan bases in all of sports on Instagram. And then he retracted it, apologized for doing that, says he's a really passionate guy. Bullshit. Which was stop, bullshit. Stop doing that shit. Stop calling this fan base toxic. You know, not to sound like super emotional and tug at the heartstrings here, Chandler, but like fans for the most part use this football team as an escape from their everyday ordinary lives. We work all week for not nearly as much money, fame, fortune, recognition as these, these superstar athletes. And what, what, what money we do have, what time we do have, we dedicate to the team. We watch your games week in and week out. We, we, we buy jerseys. We, buy, we spend exorbitant amount of monies on overpriced tickets to stand out in the rain and watch you play. And we have no control over it. And you think that when, when fans start asking questions about a team that was selected preseason as the best Vegas betting odds favorites to win the Super Bowl, when we start asking questions about your performance and saying that you shouldn't mope around, you're going to call us the most toxic fan base in all of sports? Fuck off. Get out. I'm so sick of these, oh, these overprivileged, entitled athletes embarrassing a franchise that is so much bigger than their individual numbers. Yes, you did make it to a Super Bowl two years in a row. Well, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. You lost the Super Bowl, and you've looked lost for eight weeks since then. Figure it out or get the fuck out of Kansas City. Go. The passion's real, folks. Uh, that's what this team means to us, and I could uh, expand on that, but I can't. I wanted to say all that myself and I'm glad that we got that out in the open because that's exactly uh the thoughts I have um like you said Johnny we need to talk about the offense the I mean the defense has its issues but I think those were anticipated that offense last night looked inept and it started on the first drive it was well. I'm fast forwarding straight to the Josh Gore or the Josh Gordon bad throw. Say what you will about it. Interception. Um, 
I thought then and there we were doomed. I thought that it was just like an absolute no, no turning back now. Like we're going to lose every game the rest of the year. Upon the replay, like Johnny alluded to in the beginning, it was a shit throw. 100% on, on uh, Patrick Mahomes. But, like, what the fuck is J.D. Mc, or who is it, Jarek McKinnon? Do, what, what is he doing? You get hit in the face. Like, I'm sorry, but how? <laughs> like, you're not ready. The ball is coming in your direction say what you will about the pass you don't have to expect it but you you then see the balls coming in your direction and you still get hit in the face the sometimes johnny the the overall ability of players on this team to make plays is so shocking to me like, I understand that you're put in an adverse situation, but to get hit in the face mask off a ball that wasn't really even tipped? Like, dude, you've got to make a play when you're three and four. You just have to do it. And it's just incapable. And I think that's really what comes down to this offense right now. Um, you know what? I really, really like seeing. I liked us seeing abusing Tyreek. I don't know where that's been all year. I've been calling for the short, quick, intermediate passes to Tyreek Hill all year. I am sick of us trying to go for these big, extravagant plays. It's over. That shit will never work again for us. Teams will, they're going to stop it. They're ready for trick plays. It's so clear and evident that teams know that the gadget plays are coming because they have all been shut down. I am sick of seeing Tyreek run a deep post. Like they're not going to have two receivers 20 yards behind the football already. Tyreek has to run 25 yards just for himself to catch up to these safeties. And then Patrick has to throw it another 60 to get it over both of them. It's over. And I'm sick and tired of just not taking what's there. I thought Patrick did a better job of it last night, but not where it needs to be because he threw some very forced footballs last night, Johnny. I don't know why. I thought I didn't think that he was a numbers guy, and I still don't. But he's starting to trend that way because he clearly cares too much about trying to make the Mahomes play instead of the – for lack of a better phrase, the Tom Brady play, the play that's there, his lack right now of ability to not take what's there every single time is stunning. I don't get it. And it's something that has to be fixed. He's alluded to it a little bit. And I thought that his pocket presence again was a little bit better, but it still sucked, Johnny. It was bad last night. There's a really bad video going around right now when it was 17-all. Travis Kelsey is coming open, and Mahomes just completely bails on it. It's the one where he gets sacked to force the field goal. A, he did not have to bail out of the pockets, which he's been doing all year. And B, Travis Kelsey, he, he was wide open if he stands in the pocket for half a second longer. I thought that Patrick Mahomes, one of his greatest abilities coming into the season, based off of what I'd seen the last three years, 
his pocket awareness and ability to stay in the pocket was good. I don't know what has happened. Where, where did it go, Johnny? I have no, I don't have any answers. My only thought process would be that he is just, it's ever since the Super Bowl, he is just, he's just like not confident to stay in the pocket because he got hit so much. I mean, I bet he was sore for a long time after that game, but I, I don't know. I think it, it's something that can get fixed, of course, but it just isn't getting fixed as fast as we thought. I have a really gross stat here. Patrick Mahomes completed the most passes behind the line of scrimmage by any quarterback in a game since 2016 on Monday night. So, like, yes, he was taking the checkdowns, but and they were working, but it's just, like, not – it's not what he wants to do, like, in his head. And so, until this team – can just run the ball down your throat, which at times I thought they did last night. Like he is just going to have to do that or because the, the, the intermediate to downfield throws, just like you said, are not there. Like the teams are not just are, either. They're not letting you do it or the play calling from Eric Bieniemy in game is not working. S- something is not right and not working. And it's probably just a, uh, a marriage of all of it, right? It's probably Mahomes' footwork, Mahomes' pocket presence. He's off balance. The players aren't getting open as much as they as they were. The plays maybe aren't as good, and the team is not adapting to the defenses as well as they thought. Maybe they're not running the football consistently throughout the game like they wanted to, but something is, is wrong. And you look around, too. You mentioned Jarek McKinnon. This team is very talented, elite talent at tight end, wide receiver one, and quarterback. Okay. But I feel like they're not doubling down and like really going for it every single year, bringing in elitely, you know, more high end talent. Other than those two guys, and we've seen defenses can scheme themselves to limit those guys and, and, and beg you to go elsewhere. Of the, of the rest of the team, like, here's the guys that you have. Josh Gordon, a 30-year-old recovering drug addict who can barely stay on the field and is just not and hasn't had a thousand-yard season since 2013. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, who's on his sixth year with the team, who had like horrible. one catch last night, who's horrible and is in his six six years on the team, still doesn't know the playbook. And other teams, you couldn't you couldn't give him away to another team. Uh, Byron Pringle is a 28-year-old undrafted free agent. Uh, Daryl Williams, who is an undrafted free agent. Jarek McKinnon, who's 29 years old and has had three major surgeries and has been on like three different teams. Um, The list goes on. Nicole Hardman, who is absolutely terrible as a wide receiver, as a returner, whatever. I mean, he's fast. Great. But he's bad as a wide receiver. So, like, yes, people say, well, Mahomes has these amazing weapons, too. He has two really good weapons. And we've seen that teams have been able to do things to scheme those guys out of the game. Last night, I thought that the opening drive was the most Alex Smith opening drive that I've ever seen as far as play calling and game plan. Some misdirection, some weird plays, um, touch passes, you know, uh, zone runs, and a drive that again ended up in a turnover. I was so embarrassed of the trick behind the back. Oh, it was bullshit play. I mean, what are we doing? It we are that challenged in the red zone that we have to do shit like that. I mean, 
that the, the some of those plays have worked, but like you said, Chandler, teams just know we're going to do some razzle dazzle shit, and it's just not working anymore. And it is incredibly frustrating. Even later in the game, Chiefs were on like the five or six yard line, and they ran that goal line shovel pass to Kelsey, and he got like uh, a yard. What are we doing? Run the Chiefs the way the Chiefs will beat these teams and get back to some semblance of themselves is I'm telling you, they need to run the fucking ball 30 plus times. They need to run it 30 times. Oh, I forgot to mention this Gore kid, Derek Gore was like the most explosive option behind besides Hill and Kelsey. And he's an undrafted player. Again, you're not bringing in high level talent just to put teams on their toes. And it's incredibly frustrating that, that we've gotten to this point. Run the shit out of the football. I remember one game specifically last year where they did this against the Bills at Buffalo. The Chiefs ran the shit out of the football and just kicked that team's ass. And I don't know why they're not continuing to do this. Like, are you really not that confident that you can run the football? Because you can't pass the football either. So just try it. Try it. I don't get why we don't run the football. I really don't. I think it's the best thing we do right now. Clearly. I actually, Johnny, I disagree with you. I like Daryl Williams. I think he is better than Clyde. I think he catches every ball that comes at him. I think he runs hard between the tackles. And I think that he protects the football. Those three things I want in a running back. And, and no, I, I don't like, I don't want him to be our number one, but I haven't been pissed at him once yet. I don't think he did last night actually piss me off. So that was shortly lived. He freaking went to chip block a defensive end for Patrick, or it might've been an outside linebacker for Patrick to get outside. He dives way too early and just hits the ground. And the guy gets, in, gets to Patrick and he's forced to throw it away. But that's just, that's not really what we need Daryl Williams to do, but that just popped into my head. But it's just, I, I don't know. The, and Johnny, behind the back. Oh my like, gosh. What dude. are we doing? Just line up and run the football in the red zone. Just get behind the center and both guards and go forward. Why? Why Why even throw it until we absolutely have to? It's so much easier to defend a pass in the red zone, especially inside the 10. They don't have anywhere to go. So just go at them. I'm so sick of this Chiefs team, like, trying to live up to this, and, and partially our fault a little bit, this thing that we've expected them to become with these fancy passes and Mahomes throwing it with his left hand and Tyreek running past the defense and just start winning football games dude you have to win or that other shit isn't going to matter and people are going to forget about you winning the Super Bowl in 2019 like no one no one talks about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl they won in what 18 or 17 (laughs) they stink and we're, we're trending more towards the Eagles than we are the Patriots right now. That's for damn sure. 
So this team needs to take a real look in the mirror and figure out, do they want to be flashy or do they want to be winners? Because quite honestly, Johnny, right now, they're picking ignorance is what they're picking. They care way too much about themselves right now. And it's so obvious. Yeah, I guess I'll finish up, you know, with my, there's no rhythm, right? There's just no rhythm. Like nothing, no. lo- nothing looks good. It's all forced. And like I said, there's no, there, there's no continuity or rhythm. So they, they need to just realize what they are. Those other, those teams, the last few years were awesome. And I'm confident that Mahomes can get back to that level of play and the other guys too, but it's just do what you do the easier thing, make, make things easier on yourselves. And from what we saw last night at times, they could run the football. So just maybe incorporate that more into the game plan because on the first drive, they ran it like twice and then just stopped. So try that. Yep. Well, Johnny, looking ahead real quick to next week, we have a daunting task on a short week. Um, we play Green Bay on Sunday afternoon at 325. I saw today that it is dead even in Vegas. It is 50-50. I do not understand that in any facet. I was fully expecting the Chiefs to be underdogs here. And quite frankly, I do anyway. Um we know what Green Bay has. I mean, Rodgers is playing. He's playing better than Mahomes for sure. They're on fire. Uh, huge win for them in the desert on Thursday. Long week for them. Uh, I got a feeling Aaron Rodgers really likes what he's seeing from our defense on film. Devontae Adams is going to be back off the COVID list. Uh, it doesn't seem – it seems a little bleak right now, I'd say. But if there's an offense capable of putting up points that's sleeping, it's the Chiefs, and don't wake a sleeping giant. That's all I'll say to put a positive spin on that. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's a great opportunity to turn this season around right here if you can beat the Packers. You're capable of beating the Packers. We can beat them. If we were to do it, Johnny, I'm telling you, this team could get hot at the right time. Yep, I agree with you 100%, Chandler. They need to they they need this win in the next three games is a huge stretch of games for the Chiefs if they want to be anything important this year. You have the Packers at home. At, you just traded for Melvin Ingram today, so some edge rush help is coming. You know, you could have signed this guy in the offseason, but it's looking like from a cost perspective, this is actually a little bit better for you because the Chiefs owe him just over half a million dollars the rest of the year, and they had to surrender a sixth-round pick. And we've seen Brett Veach doesn't know what the hell he's doing in the draft anyway, so might as well give those picks away for a player. So you have Green Bay, then you go to Las Vegas on Sunday Night Football mm. after that, a team that's fired their head, that had to get rid of their head coach, a team whose first-round pick last year, Henry Ruggs, came out today that he was in, involved in a DUI that resulted in the death of another person, so he certainly won't be in the game. A team with a lot of outside issues that you can go into their building on on a national stage and prove something. And then the following weekend after that, you play Dallas at home, who looks like one of the best teams in football. You need all three of these games, frankly, and you got to do it right now because then you go to the bye after that and you can reevaluate. Yeah, um, huge three-game stretch here. I mean, this – this will make or break our year 100% that we both alluded to. Um, and with that, Johnny, 
it's been another good episode and a positive one, even though it didn't really sound like it. But uh, Chiefs do get the W, uh, 20 to 17 over the New York Football Giants. Chiefs move on to 500 on the year. Did not expect to be saying that uh, eight weeks ago, but uh, it makes for good radio. Johnny, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chan. See you.